Hey everyone, this is Matt Shetler from Lakewood Vineyard. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, we just wanted to bring a special episode of the podcast to you this week, because uh, this last uh, Sunday, Wendy Gearhart, our ministry director, brought a great message on how to discern God's will, which is a really small topic, so it's surprising that we weren't really able to cover it all in 35 minutes, but we weren't. And we wanted to give you some more tips and tools um, on how to really, how do we engage with hearing God's voice? Um, not just hearing God's voice, but hearing God's voice and will for our life and really sensing that and having direction. And so I'm excited for Wendy to share more. Um, she's someone who's really uh, wrestled with a lot of this, discerned some of it. And so excited to hear from Wendy, because I think for me, when I think about how do you hear, um, not just hear God's voice, but know what his will is, how do you make a decision, right? There's so many different factors that come into play. Um, how do I feel, my emotions? Sometimes we say, um, you know, do I feel peace about it, right? And so, but then sometimes, I don't know about you, but I feel peace about the things maybe I shouldn't feel peace about, um, you know, or maybe I feel, uh, you know, like, ah, I feel bad about that, or I feel anxious, well, it must not be God, and I think most of us know there's things that we felt anxious about um, that definitely were God uh, leading us to and good things to do. And so I'm excited for Wendy to share uh, today just a little more about this idea of how do we discern God's will together. And so she's going to jump in here in a second, but just to give you a little bit of background, one of the helpful tools that I've found in my life and here in the vineyard as well too, that we've found helpful um, is something called Ignatian spirituality, really coming from St. Ignatius um, of Loyola, which Wendy will tell more about, but really his um, kind of spiritual formation practices and um, kind of tools and discernment processes have been super helpful in my life. And so Wendy's going to dive in and share some of these things on how we can better discern God's will together. Thanks for uh, joining us, Wendy. Yeah, thanks. So as you mentioned, um, St. Ignatius of Loyola, um, he was an early 16th century priest and monk, and he was also a theologian. And he developed this process of discernment that has been used for centuries since his time. And as part of that, he developed spiritual exercises, he called them. They're ways of training ourselves to pay attention and notice God's movement and work in our life throughout the day, even as we're doing normal things. And part of those exercises, he would talk about these interior movements, these essentially internal feelings that you feel throughout your life, going through your day. And he would call those desolation and consolation. And for all of us, um, it's normal in our life to have these spiritual movements of what he calls consolation and desolation. So sometimes we might feel really close to God and be in what we would call a good season, but sometimes we might experience him feeling really distant and it might be a darker feeling season. And that can make us kind of freak out a little bit when we're feeling like God is distant. And that's a normal part of human spiritual life for all of us to experience both of these seasons throughout our journey with the Lord. Um, so we don't need to freak out when we're, you know, feeling like we're in a drier season. But um, as part of that, um, Ignatius defined each of those seasons as a way of helping us pay attention as we begin to discern God's will in our life. So before... Let me, now let me just throw a question out there real quick. Is that, you know... So I think for me growing up, there would have been a sense of discerning God's will and then what are we feeling? And it's like, at least in the church world I grew up in, like that's pretty different. It's like, well, there's your feelings and then there's what God says, right? And so like, how is this, how is this different than that? 
Yeah, this is actually a process that helps us discern the difference between those two, between mm. what is just our feelings mm. and what does God want, but also what does God feel about our feelings is also mm. part of it. Um, mm. So it's not denying our feelings, but it's actually learning how to discern where the Holy Spirit is in that. Yeah, sure. That's good. So it's not feelings aren't good or bad. They just are. And like part of this process is like understanding how do we discern what our feelings are pointing to. Exactly. Yeah. What are they telling us about ourselves? And also, how is the Spirit speaking to us? Yeah, yeah. Sorry to interrupt. No, that's fine. So, before we go any further, I want to define for us what we mean when we say consolation and desolation. So, if someone is in a season of consolation or feeling a sense of consolation, it's this interior movement, this sense of being drawn towards God, an increase of love for him, where there's just this overwhelming um, love and sense of him. Um, Ignatius described this as every increase of hope, faith, love, and joy that leads to a holy peace, he would call as consolation. But this could also come as something like being driven to tears over our sins. So some of that um, peace with that comes with repentance or mm. just a realization of what Christ did for us and being overwhelmed with love for him. But it is these seasons and these moments of feeling close to God, feeling drawn to him and being pulled closer and closer to Christ is the sense of consolation. Mm. Um, desolation is essentially the opposite of that. So whatever you would imagine being the opposite of being drawn towards Christ Ignatius described this as a darkness of the soul, disturbance within you, movement to what he called low and earthly things. So um, different temptations, maybe addictions, moving towards um, anything that leads you away from hope, feeling without love or alone. It could be felt such as um, sometimes laziness or a sadness as if you're separated from God. And it's that feeling that reinforces thoughts that are pulling you away from God. You might be wrestling with lots of questions or finding it hard to pray, don't feel close to God, or feel drawn to some of your normal temptations in your life rather than feeling drawn to love um, of God. Yeah, that's interesting because as I'm hearing you talk about consolation and desolation, I think the thing that I would think about consolation if I just weren't reading your, if I hadn't heard of this before, it would have been like consolation is like when I'm feeling good when I'm feeling happy, when I'm feeling joy. And yet what you kept coming back to is like, it's joy that leads us towards God. It's not just joy generally. It's not just happiness generally, but it's, there's an element of like, it's drawing us closer towards God or it's reminding us of our need for God or our love for others. And so there's like a, it's a direction, it seems like. It's almost like a directional orientation. Is that yeah. right? Like, a, yeah. So it's like direction. It's not just like, I'm happy, so this must be a good place in my life. I'm sad. This must be a bad place in my life, but it's really about it's directional. Is that right? Am I saying that right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Ignatius actually talked about how it doesn't mean that everything is necessarily going well in your life mm. when you're in consolation, yeah. but it's more of that sense of closeness to God. So sensing that yeah. you're going either towards him or you're feeling his closeness with you. Yeah. 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 That makes me, so I think when I was thinking about consolation, actually this morning, I knew we were doing this podcast and and thinking about how, for me, the framework shift had to be where I would just always, I've, I've been, always been someone who, like, I'm, and most of us are, like, pursuing, like, how do I, I want 
to feel good, to feel joy, to feel ple- all, pleasure, all those things. And I'm like, oh, I'm happy. I must be doing things well. I must be saying yes to Jesus in my life. I must be, you know. And then I would have these moments where I'm like, I feel really happy. And yet there's a lot of, there's like some things that like I need to apologize to Aaron for. That's my wife. Or like I need to do this. And I'm like, that happiness may or may not be consolation. You know, it might just be like the things right now that I'm, I care about like are going well, but there's, there's these big blind spots that I'm not seeing or or even desolation, I think oftentimes for me, I've thought, well, if I'm if I'm not feeling happy, if I'm feeling anxious or whatever, this must be, you know, because I'm doing something wrong or I'm sinning in some way or I've failed in some way. And, and even that, I don't necessarily feel like in desolation. It's like, it doesn't even use that language necessarily of sin, but it's like there's a sense of this movement away, you know, from God's heart. Like there's this pulling away, drawing away, which I think in my life sometimes it, it, it's not always separate. Like I can feel mm. happy and also yet feel like my heart is being drawn away mm. from the Lord. Is that like, yeah, 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 that makes a lot so, of sense. So help me um, help us understand a little bit about like this idea of consolation and desolation. How does that help us like discern God's will? How does this help us like make decisions? If we're trying to align ourselves with what God's heart is, right? And that's kind of a mm-hmm. presupposition of all of what we're talking about is we want to be oriented towards what is God's heart and what's God's will. Like how does consolation desolation help us discern that? Yeah. So consolation and desolation then is actually the foundation um, for decision-making in this discernment mm-hmm. process. So there's two general things, there might be more, but two that I'm aware of that um, Ignatius would bring to mind when thinking of consolation and desolation in decision-making. And the first general thing to keep in mind is that in general, it's always best and easiest to make big decisions when you're in consolation, which Mm. makes sense. You're experiencing God, you're feeling closer to him. There's an increase in your ability to hear from the Lord naturally. So you're decision-making is naturally going to be easier. So that's the number one. Obviously, you can't always make decisions in that space because sometimes you just have to make a decision. But when you can, it's always best to do it when you know you're in consolation. And the second is is when you are in desolation, don't change your mind about a decision that you made while you were in consolation. Mm. So if you make the decision... And then you step into, say, that transition, you made a move or changed a job, Mm -hmm. and then you suddenly start to freak out. That is not the time, if you're feeling distant from God, to suddenly undo and backtrack. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's good to keep in mind to remember and to even write down things that God told you when you were in a season of consolation so you can lean on them when you're feeling a little bit more distant. Yeah, I remember our pastor growing up, he would always say, don't doubt what God is. Don't doubt in the dark what God has said to you in the light. Yeah, that idea of like, yeah, when things are clear and you hear God speak, when things become unclear, don't go. Well, did God really say that? You know, yeah. So that's yeah, that's good. Exactly. So that's the foundation that we start from when using this for decision making. But then, if you're stepping into making a specific decision. Um, We take this concept of consolation and desolation and not just thinking of it as like seasons in our life, but noticing the interior movement of maybe your heart or your soul and what you're feeling um, in relation to that decision. So Ignatius talked about um, trying on decisions like a sweater or like Mm. a piece of clothing. And so that's this idea of thinking about the decision and maybe pick pick one in your mind, which whichever direction you want and take some time to imagine if you had made that decision. 
And notice internally as you're imagining that, um, you could do it. It depends on how long of a time you have to make the decision. If you're just doing it for a few minutes or for me, I had a long-term decision where I took a few months. And so I took a month of what does this decision feel like if I would have gone this way before I made the decision. Yeah, maybe that's why like deciding where to go to dinner takes so long. We're all trying to wrestle through (laughs) consolation, desolation. What's the internal movements inside? That's why where we're going to go out to eat takes so long, probably with our friends and spouses. It's totally probably true. I assume that was it. Yeah. Yeah. But as you um, try on that decision... So notice the senses that you're feeling as you're imagining that decision. Are you feeling drawn um, closer to God? Are you feeling hope and love and maybe even just like this sense of um, spirit encouragement or his wind behind your back and going to that decision? Does it feel lighter? Or are you feeling some type of disturbance within you, unsettledness, not that holy peace? Or maybe, you know, this would draw you not towards God. Um, It can also be helpful as you're thinking through um, that decision and what you're sensing, whether it's consolation or desolation, is how would I feel about this in a week if I made Mm -hmm. this decision or in a month or in a year and imagine what those implications would be and then the senses that you um, feel internally. Yeah, I remember um, Aaron and I I had had lots of different decisions to make, like most of us, and... um, that idea of putting on a sweater or even just like kind of sitting and sort of imagining, to be honest, and sitting there and going like, when we were discerning church planting, that was one of the exercises we would do is kind of go, how would, how would this feel if we moved from Columbus, Ohio to, to Cleveland, to Lakewood, inside of planting a church, how would that feel? You know, like, and just kind of sitting and just imagining doing it, you know, as opposed to like how, how does it feel? What kind of internal movement is there? And imagining staying in Columbus, Ohio, you know, and just kind of being aware of that and um, where those shifts were going. And yeah, so I've, we've definitely found that really helpful, kind of sitting in those decisions. And yeah. um, so, but to go back, and you'll probably hear us go back over and over again, um, you know, but obviously we pay attention to those things, right? Mm-hmm. And I even said it in the intro, it's like, um, you know, sometimes we feel unsettling. Um, and so we just assume or like we feel anxious, we feel worried, we feel nervous. And so we just assume like, well, that must not be God, right? It's diff- mm-hmm. depend- and depending on what our picture of God is, right? So some of us might go, if I feel anxious, if I feel nervous, I feel unsettled, it must not be God. I actually, the way I grew up, I would have said that probably was more God <laughs> because it was like whatever the hard thing was, that was the thing God would call me to do, the thing I didn't want to do, right? For others of us, it was like, if it's something I don't want to do, I don't feel happy about, it must not be God, right? So there's like that side. Yeah. But there's other side of like, well, if I feel joy and excitement, it must be God, right? Or the other way. It's like, oh, I'm so, if we grew up in more of a, you know, conservative, fundamentalist, maybe puritanical, whatever, like, you know, there's this idea of like, if I'm really excited about it, it's probably something I desire out of my, we might use the language of like the flesh or something like that. Um, You know, so how do we discern like those things, right? How do we discern whether the anxiety is something that we press through uh or is it something that the way that god is actually trying to speak to us and say hey actually this is not what i have for you yeah yeah i think that happens to all of us when we're trying to make a decision right we run into some type of obstacle or resistance that um that feeling it could be fear um but you're right it could be the spirit guiding us a different direction um and so to start um what I've noticed is that the way you feel when you're moving towards the thing of 
things of God, the things that he has for you, it feels different than the way you feel um, when you're moving away from him. And it's as we begin to notice what that feels like in each direction, as we're in relationship with him and as we continue to seek him in discernment, we begin to notice what it feels like, what those two things feel like. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to, I want to give us two examples of how that can feel. Good. And I was going to say, it'd be helpful <laughs> to know how do we even begin with that? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And this is what Ignatius actually calls discernment of spirits. It's noticing and discerning which one, who is that resistance from? Is it God? Is it myself? Is it the mm-hmm. enemy? And so I'm going to give us two examples um, of how to discern this sense of resistance um, by showing how it feels when you're moving towards what God's calling you to, and then um, what this resistance feels like when you're moving away from what God might be calling you to. So when you're moving into what God is calling you to, um, sometimes we'll feel this energy from the spirit. I know um, Jared Boyd, he's a spiritual director. He calls it this wind in our back from the spirit, just like encouraging you to go in that direction or to step out and take a risk of faith. And so it's that wind of spirit-filled energy. We're feeling drawn towards Christ. And so we start to take that step, and then we feel this resistance. And so it could be fear. It could be worry. Um, but um, we also it also could be the enemy, right, trying to stop you from going in the direction that God's calling you to. And so in this sense, the wind at our back, that forward movement is the spirit, and then the resistance is the enemy or our own fear blocking us from what God is actually calling us to do. And so we can, we notice what that feels like then in comparison to how it feels when we're moving away from the thing God has called us to. So when we're moving away from God, in that case, the wind behind our back, the energy moving us forward is actually the enemy or the thing that is, you know, away from God. So this is where we're thinking things like, oh, this is fine. I'll just go back to this addiction, or I'll just rely on this crutch, or I'll just go binge watch Netflix, (laughs) or it makes you feel like the thing that God wants you to do is impossible. It couldn't happen. It's overwhelming. Um, It's this sense that makes you pay attention and obey your fear and anxiety instead of stepping out in faith. And that's where you feel drawn towards. And so that's the question to ask yourself at that point, whether you're feeling you know, you might not know if you're going towards what God has or, or the other way. And so you ask, what am I being drawn towards? Where is my attention being pulled? Is it towards the things of God? Or is it towards my fear, anxiety, temptations away from God? And so if you're moving towards a decision that's away from God's will, in that case, then the resistance you might begin to feel is actually the Holy Spirit in this case resistance to the addiction or things that are in the opposite direction of what God's calling you to. And it's the Holy Spirit nudging you that this is not the way you're supposed to go. And so it's like this holy unsettledness, bringing it back to your mind and nudging you back in um, the other direction. So the difference between the two is the direction of the resistance. So you might feel fear and anxiety, but if it's It could be God's calling you to a hard thing and there's a natural fear and he's calling you to step out in faith versus a resistance that's pulling you um, away from something that's taking him away from him and drawing him back, back to his heart. 
So this takes wisdom. It's actual discernment from the Holy Spirit. It's something that is formed through relationship with him. And it's something that grows as we begin to recognize the way that he speaks to us and what those senses from him feel like. So we can pay attention to the way our inner feelings present themselves. And you'll begin to recognize that holy resistance from the Holy Spirit. Um, Maybe as you step out into faith, like if you get a prophetic word for someone and you feel that resistance or fear to go out and say it, notice what that feels like for yourself because that's the resistance of the enemy or the resistance of fear where God would be calling you to step out in faith. And so start paying attention to when you feel resistance because it'll be a somewhat consistent pattern and then you'll be able to begin to recognize what is the Holy Spirit um, nudging you toward his will. Yeah, and I think, you know, some of it is you know, just the language of experience, but I think you can start with areas where it's pretty clear to you, whether scripture is clear on what it, what it calls you to, you know, if, um, you know, I think about in relationships, right. If we know that we've, um, you know, if we just got into an argument or we have some conflict or something like that with somebody and, you know, afterwards we're like, don't really feel bad about it. We're just like, we're fine, you know, and we're just going on with our day. It's like, if we stop and go, Oh, this is actually, I feel fine, yet what I did actually wasn't okay. Like, or what I said was actually unkind. I need to go apologize, but I don't feel that, but I know it's it's wrong. Or maybe there's an area where you consistently struggle. One way to learn what that feels like is what does it feel like when that draw, that temptation, that kind of lure is there, you know, and like, oh, that's what that feels like, you know, or you know when you're saying yes to God in an area where it's just really clear, mm-hmm. you know, start with the things that are clear and pay attention to what it feels like when you're saying yes to what got what's clear for the Lord, because you begin to develop those muscles. And so then when you step into things that are new, you know, Wendy shared about giving a prophetic word. Well, for some of us, we're like, I've never done that. So I don't know what it feels like to be nervous to share a prophetic word. Or like, even right now, I don't even know what prophetic word means, you know, but this idea of like trying it on with things that you're, you're mostly sure of what is God speaking me to me or leading me or even reflecting back on, experiences in life where you were afraid about something, maybe you weren't even engaging the idea of discernment, but you were anxious, you were nervous, you took a step forward because you thought it was maybe God, and you sensed like, oh, this this actually worked out well, you know, because you begin to build that muscle, even if in that moment, you didn't know that's what you were doing, you can look back and go, how did that feel? And I know in my own story, like even in the process of you know, so I worked as a financial advisor for like seven years and then I quit my job, went to full-time seminary. So I had to make a big decision to quit my job, go to grad school, move to a new city, you know, um, and then eventually it would be to church planting um, and all these big decisions. And I, over time now, I go, okay, this is how it feels to me when I feel like an invitation from God. And this is what fear feels like in the moments where it's still God. And here's the moments where I felt apprehension and I actually paused and didn't do it. And, oh, that was God pausing me or stopping me. And other times there was apprehension because uh, I was just afraid. And so there is those learned experiences, I think, that um, to pay attention to. Um, because, you know, here's a, here's a negative example. It's like, um, you know, so for us, we all have different things we kind of like run to as a crutch, right? And so uh, for me, um, you know, like, just finances and numbers and, and budgeting like gives me a sense of control. And so sometimes when I'm anxious, I notice like I want to go look at our budget, right? And then when I do, all of a sudden I feel, oh, okay, I feel better, right? So you could go, oh, see, that was like, it was good. I needed to look at my budget. It's like, well, 
In reality, I just found my security in looking at how much money we had in those budget categories or what our assets look like. And that's probably not what I know to be true of the Lord, is that he wants us to find our security and that he cares for us and that we're found in him. That doesn't mean we don't make wise financial decisions, but even though I felt better, I felt relieved in like checking out my budget. Uh, that doesn't mean, oh, that was God. It just means I feel better, but it actually wasn't something that drew me closer to the Lord. <laughs> it's actually something I found, oh, I was putting my security in something that could, I isn't guaranteed, isn't secure. And so I think paying attention to some of those things of like, what do I know to be true about God? What do I know to be true about what he wants us to value? And then we can weigh some of those things when we're feeling this, we're like, is this consolation? Is this desolation? Where's the movement of my heart? Um, all those sorts of things. So one of the other topics that I, I wanted Wendy to cover um, was this idea of indifference. And I think the first, it's also part of the Ignatian spirituality and discernment. And I remember the first time someone uh, taught about that indifference, I'm like, I think of indifference, I think of apathy. So it's like this idea of being indifferent about a decision. Oh, does that just mean I don't care? Like, uh, I just don't care. Whatever happens, happens. It's fine. I don't really care, which usually means we're suppressing our feelings. It's suppressing our desires, right? Which I've learned as an adult now at 41, that's not God's desire for me to suppress my emotions, but to be honest about them. So Wendy, talk about this idea of indifference, uh, explain to them what it is. I just told them what it wasn't, uh, but yeah, help us learn a little bit. Yeah. So indifference, um, I'll read this definition. It's from um, a tool, a book that's called The Ignatian Adventure, which is one of many, many resources um, if you want to look more into walking through these spiritual exercises. But um, to Ignatius, um, this term does not mean an unfeeling lack of concern. Instead, indifference means that we hold all of God's gifts reverently, gratefully, but also lightly, embracing them or letting them go, all depending on how they help us fulfill our vocation to love in everyday concrete details. So indifference is another way of describing spiritual freedom. It's a stance of openness to God. We look for God in any person, any situation, in any moment. Indifference means that we are free to love and serve as God desires. Spiritual freedom, or indifference, is a gift from God. We can't make it happen. But we can, over time, foster indifference by developing good habits of thinking, choosing, and acting. So that um, definition has really helped me think about what indifference means. And I love thinking of it as this concept of spiritual freedom, where we're not tied to these attachments that draw us away from God, but it's this openness to God's will for our life. And in that, trusting that his will is good, that his heart um, is good and loving towards us. So real quick, like you said, like, you know, not tied to attachments. Like what's, what are some examples of that, right? What, what are attachments that could be, that we're tied to? Sure. I mean, for some, it could be like you mentioned, um, these crutches that we lean on could be considered a disordered attachment where we're leaning on something where for some people it might be a good thing or a fine thing, mm -hmm. but there are these things that we're attaching to, um, above or beside God instead of mm -hmm. being completely open in ourselves yeah. to whatever God wants. So like maybe, so this idea of indifference. So in other words, like we could say, God, I, I want to, I want to know what your will is as long as it doesn't require me to put less into my retirement fund, or I'm okay with saying yes to whatever you have for me, as long as it doesn't require me to work less hours, or as long as it doesn't require me to 
apologize <laughs> to right. this person who I hurt, but now I don't, now I've cut off relationship. We're like, I'm okay with doing your will as yeah. long as it doesn't touch this thing that I really love, <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. this thing that I really care about right. or, and there could be good things like you said, mm-hmm. you know, um, right. What Tim Keller talks about an idol is not, it's not something that bad that's loved, but it's something that's loved greater. You know, it's like, exactly. it's something that's like that we love, um, inordinate love, right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's, it's, we love it above God. Exactly. And so, um, so that's what kind of what you're saying. Like these attachments are like things mm-hmm. that like, we're kind of like, they're like the clauses, right? Yes. It's like, it's like, I will do whatever you want, God, as long as it's, I remember the song, uh, growing up, it was like, um, kids song, like, okay. please don't send me to Africa. Africa yep. It's like this missionary song. It's like kids would sing and it's like, la la la. So Tom Wadsworth, you obviously didn't sing that song or you, uh, repented of it later because Tom goes to Africa all the time. But, um, yeah, so that's, uh, so indifference, yeah. Tell us more about that. Yeah. So, yeah, like you said, it's essentially these disordered attachments are like these caveats that we give to God. And essentially that keeps us out of spiritual freedom. We're not living mm-hmm. completely free to what God has for us as long as we're um, holding on to these things. And that doesn't mean that God doesn't want to give us those things or mm-hmm. that he doesn't want to give us the desires of our heart. But it's this posture of, are we willing to give him um, our yes and be totally open to hearing everything? Or do we only want to hear um, certain things? So it's okay to still want uh, these things or desire these things or even ask God for these things. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, we're just saying, God, I want to do your will more. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's oftentimes an awesome opportunity to meet God in our desires and bring Mm. them to him and... And let him speak and affirm things to us, too. Tell me more. Like, flesh that out a bit. Because I know what you're saying. But tell me yeah. more about what that looks like or how that feels. Or maybe a story I from think, your life, even. Yeah. I don't know if I know a specific example. But it can be really easy to maybe have a desire or longing or maybe something we've wanted for a really, really long time. But we might feel tempted to just bury that or push that aside or be like, okay, it's been this long, God. It must not be your will. Or it's... We, we bury it for whatever reason, but it's this idea of meeting God in those desires, realizing he wants to um, know our hearts. He wants to show us love and bringing them honestly to him. Mm. Um, not saying we don't want something that we do want, but being willing to be honest with him and yeah. then being willing to hear what, what he wants to say and how he wants to lead us. Yeah, that's so good. Cause I think, I think oftentimes, at least my experience, it's like oftentimes, you know, in in maybe more conservative churches, it's like any desire that doesn't line itself up with God, you just crush, you suppress, you ignore, right? It's like because it's like don't even – no, no, that's like not God. You just kind of like don't even, you know, don't even acknowledge it, you know, or just right. take, it, th- take every thought captive, right? And take a captive and flip, throw it away. And then in maybe other churches, it's more like, hey, if you desire it, go after it. And this mm-hmm. is kind of saying – no, like God wants you to be honest, like be yeah. really open and say, this is, these are the desires. Even if you already know this isn't, this isn't actually God, what you would have for me. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't have to suppress anything. Exactly. I can be completely open with you, Lord, you know, but my, I'm saying my greatest desire is to say yes to you, you know, which mm-hmm. I think can be freeing in our sense of identity of going like, I don't have to like say this isn't a part of me. It is. Maybe it's a part that God wants to refine, right. but I don't have to like just ignore it or lock it in a closet or whatever, you know, exactly. but I can like let God actually speak to it. You know, exactly. this area of indifference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think sometimes God wants to surprise us too. Mm, We think it has to happen one certain way and God's like, Hey, I want to make that happen, but I'm going to do it this way. That might be even better than we thought. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's great. So, you know, I mean, I love the principles you're talking about and I guess, you know, for you, Wendy, is there like a story or that maybe does kind of the picture of consolation, desolation for you or kind of how you discerned important decision? I know you mentioned earlier, there's like a long-term decision kind of like weighing things. Is there, yeah, an example that you could share, you know, of like your own kind of thinking through some of these consolations, maybe it's a big decision or like smaller decisions even. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, there's definitely been different seasons and transitions in my life where we've had to make decisions and, um, sometimes where I felt the Lord was leading or, um, just didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And, but there was just such a sense of, this is a risk, a step of faith God's telling us to do. I know one time we were moving, called to move from one city to another for a different ministry position and, um, or from a ministry position. And we didn't have jobs lined up on the other end, but it was this clear sense that we were supposed to to move and not moving was such an unsettling thing. And even though there was like this fear, we didn't have a job lined up. It was just such a clear thing. We had confirmation from others in our lives. And so when we took that step of risk, the opportunity we had to see God provide and what he had waiting on the other side was just so huge. And so since then, I've begun to notice, you know, how that felt then and mm-hmm. able to apply it in future seasons. Um, so like I mentioned earlier about having this longer time to make a decision um, where I tried the, the decision on, like a sweater, like I said, um, was even just this summer making a decision about um, a school program. Mm-hmm. And I had started the program and I had been preparing for it for a really long time. So it felt like something that I should do. So naturally it seemed like a good thing and something I should continue in, but I kept getting this nudge um, that I believe was from the Lord of just this unsettled that this wasn't the best use of my time. And Mm. so I took time where I was just like, okay, let's pretend essentially that I made this decision to step out of this program. What would it feel like? Mm. And the amount of peace that I felt, the lightness in my soul, the energy that just came back into my days so quickly. Mm. It was, it actually surprised me how different I felt. Um, There was actually like a physical difference in my energy. And Mm. so it was just such a confirmation. And then brought that to other mentors and people in my life as well who confirmed it. Yeah. But it just gave me such a clarity and peace of making this large decision. And I took time over that month of just trying it on. Yeah. And then it made it so much easier to finally make the decision. Yeah. Yeah, And like, you know, and so maybe even more, not more, but also like in that, like what was that? Can we talk about consolation, desolation, Mm -hmm. the idea of like feeling drawn towards the Lord? Like how did that play into even that? Because I hear like the energy, like the life, the freedom, you know, but what was that sense of that part? Like the kind of consolation being drawn towards the Lord or towards the things that he's called you to, or how did that kind of play into it? Yeah, it was almost like I had this um, inner energy, like more energy 
to spend time and make space for the Lord. Mm -hmm. Like there were more moments in my day where my mind was open and clear, where I was pausing and Mm. paying attention to what God was doing. Mm. And not that I wasn't doing that before, but it was more in the forefront. Um, There was just more, my mind was much more at peace. Yeah. Um, And then with that, I had the energy to get up and spend time with the Lord. And it just kept, there was just a momentum built that led me closer and closer to the Lord during that month. Yeah. Yeah, because it's interesting, and, and this is a little bit of a, a tangent, but it's our podcast. So I think, you know, it's interesting because I think for sometimes what's happening kind of culturally for us right now is, especially in the church, is that for a lot of folks, Christians, you know, whether it's millennials, Gen Xers, whatever, um, younger, it's like um, there was so much kind of this um, suppression, this kind of like weight, this kind of guilt that was always on people. And so then when we begin to like step out of that and we like step out of the church, right? And they go, oh my goodness, like I feel so free now that I'm not a church in church anymore, maybe deconstructing and deconstructing mm-hmm. is not bad, right? Every, everyone actually deconstructs sure. in their journey of faith. It's like reconstructing what is actually true. But oftentimes what it seems like happens is like there's such a freedom that's experienced mm-hmm. of stepping out of the church because it's been such a weight, whether it's a weight was put on them or they put on themselves or maybe a misrepresentation of who God is or God's heart for them. They step out and go, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. this has like this has to be God. Like whatever Christianity is, that's not because that's all that was, was weight, life sucking, no joy. Now I feel free. Right. And there's mm-hmm. this idea. And obviously the challenge in that is like, well, yeah, God doesn't want you depressed, but also this mm-hmm. joy isn't a joy that's drawing you closer to God necessarily. Right. It maybe for a time does, but long term, what it seems like oftentimes it doesn't even draw closer to God, but actually away from uh, away from God, at least the God of the Bible. Right. You know, and, and that we see in Jesus. And um, so it's interesting, like even these ideas of consolation, desolation, paying attention, like it's not, it's like, is it drawing me closer to the Lord, you know? Exactly. And so, right. and I think there certainly could be spaces where it's like, we have to step out of unhealthy environments, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, it's the question of like, if, if what Ignatius found to be true is true, you know, and this is the way the Lord leads, it's like, it should draw us closer to him. Right. I mean, it's right. like Ignatius just put labels on things that I think Christians have, it's like in the Bible consistently. It's like, is it, mm-hmm. like, are these steps like helping us to model Christ? Are they drawing us closer into intimacy with him? Are we learning his heart more? Are we serving and loving others more? Are we loving the church, you know, like mm-hmm. more? Are we like living the gospel and experiencing awareness of that more, you know, because of the decisions we're making? Or is it like, it's all just kind of falling apart, you know? And so instead of just that internal, like, I feel good. I feel happy. I feel sad. I feel anxious. Right. You know, but there's there's more to it than that. And I love that. That's, I love this because it because and I think for me because it challenges me. Mm-hmm. It challenges me to like not just be based on my feelings, but like is this drawing me closer to the Lord? Right. You know, and um, is there joy in that? You know. Mm-hmm. So that's so good. Um, yeah. So maybe Wendy, um, unless you have anything else, like I wonder if you could just kind of lead us through. Um, just kind of maybe a practice at the end, like to just to kind of go, hey, how would we even, what's something I can do today or right now, you know, that could kind of like begin to be aware of these movements in my heart, you know, um, whether it's a decision making or not, but just kind of to step in, try this on. Is there something we could like do? Yeah. So there's one practice um, that um, I'm thinking of, and it's a prayer practice called the examine. 
Um, if you've been part of some of our groups here at Lakewood Vineyard, we've used it sometimes. Um, but it's this prayer practice that Ignatius actually developed that helps us pause and notice ourselves, what's going on internally with us, and also take time to notice God and what he might be saying. Um, so what I'll do is this is a type of reflective prayer where we ask questions um, of ourself and the Holy Spirit. And for each question, normally I would ask the question and you would pause for a couple minutes to just think, reflect, and, and hear from the Lord. And so what I'll do is I'm just going to um, say a few questions for you to be thinking of if you want to take time today. Um, you can actually come back to this part of the podcast and just pause um, after each question. And um, I'd invite you to take a few minutes um, with the Lord with each question. And that's you can do that at any time of the day. Often this can be done at the end of the day to reflect back on the day and just making that space to notice um, what's been going on inside you and notice what God's done in your day. And so if you want to just um, take a moment and um, take a breath and just notice, um, pay attention to God's presence with you. And then Ask yourself, where did I feel drawn closer to God today? And then where did I feel hope or love or peace? Where in my day did I feel farthest from God? Was there a time where I felt not as close to him? And where did I feel um, a lack of peace? Or is there something I need to maybe make right or apologize for? And those are just a few questions, um, example questions that could be part of an examine prayer practice. Um, we're going to attach um, a full copy of an examine that you could use in your prayer life if you'd like to. We'll attach that in the podcast notes for you to download. That's great. Well, thanks, Wendy, so much. I'm so grateful, um, yeah, just for the gift of what you shared on Sunday and today as well, too, as we're just, we really, um, we say it for our vision of the church is we want to be a community of deeply rooted disciples who hear and obey God as we live on mission in the world. And a key part of that is the hearing and obeying. And so it's really central to who we want to be as a church. We learn to hear um, God's voice and discern what his will is for us um, and really be able to discern through some of the clutter and some of the baggage we bring in. Um, and so thanks for the time today. Thanks for sharing. Uh, and if you have any questions or comments or anything, you can email us at hello at lakewoodvineyard.com. We would love to respond. We'd love to do more of these as well, too. And so, um, yeah, thanks again for your time today. And if you have any questions, again, email us. Uh, but just praying grace and blessing on the rest of your week. Have a good week.